0: You from the city of roses. This is the broadcast by lash professionals and for lash professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're excited to have Natasha Darling come on our show and talk about her journey from being a employee for most of her last career and then finally starting her own business and going independent. And then what it was like to become a traveling lash artist, because now she does travel to people, which I think is pretty cool, and I think a lot of you out there would be like, oh man, I would love to travel and go around the country or overseas and do lashes and get paid very well to do that. So she's going to talk about her journey, and what I really find interesting about this one is why we wanted her on is because I know a lot of our people in our industry just go straight and become a lash artist, but she actually really appreciates the fact that she first worked in other businesses, learned a lot of new things, kind of, opened her eyes to the business world and how to do her own business. And because of that, I think she skipped a lot of the pain points. When you just start out on your own, you don't know what you're doing. And we always feel like in our industry, so many people would benefit from the idea of working first in the salon, working for someone else, learn the business side, and then launched their business later on. And so Natasha did that herself, and she's going to share all of her wisdom she gathered during that time. Can't wait for you guys to hear the interview. But before we do that, as always, we have announcements right now, guys. If you want to be, get discounts on everything we do, you need to become a Lash Cast Insider. And the way you do that is just go to the show notes or go to our Instagram and click on the link there. And just give us your email, guys. That's all we ask. And in exchange for that, you will get discount codes to our webinars, to our in person trainings, as well as to the most important thing, probably for a lot of you, is Lash Con, right? So you wanna do that today. And if you haven't already, just right now, stop and go do it. All right, the next thing we have our styling or retention and styling course. If you're tired of your lashes not lasting three, four, five weeks, or you want your, I should say, you're not tired, you just wish your lashes would last longer, well, this is the course for you. Tusney has been doing lashes for over 17 years now, and she really has mastered the craft and the art of Longevity and basically, it's it's not. I mean, we talk about a lot here, but to get that in person training will really help you up level your game. Our next training is coming up real fast here in February twenty sixth, twenty seventh at Lash Anarchist in Scottsdale, and we have our discount code Scottsdale three hundred. You'll save three hundred dollars off the class, and you also can use a payment plan. So all you do right do need to pay right now is thirty three percent down today. And then you have two more months to make the other payments. So you can take the class and still be doing making payments. A lot of people say you just shouldn't do that, but we care about you, and we know right now we just came on the holidays. Things are a little tight, and we want to make it easier for you. And then we have classes in April, May, and June for Austin, New York, and L.A. If you go to our Instagram, you can click on the link and find all that information there. Also, we have our webinar this coming Monday. This comes out probably Friday. So if you want to learn about how to get more clients without using Instagram, just click on the link there and sign up today. It's $67, super cheap. And also, if you can't make it, don't worry. We'll send you the replay, you'll have like a month at least to watch it all. Often, I just leave it out there for a couple of months. But you'll have at least a month to watch the replay. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you right now. Let's get into this interview where we sit down with Natasha and really talk about what it was like for her to really start out working in our company and then eventually launching her own business. <music> Hey guys, Paul here at LashCast in our studios, excited as always to be with you guys today. Hey Tuss, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm so good. You're good. Awesome. I am too. And today we have a special guest. I think all our guests are special, but this guest is really cool because she actually reached out to me. I didn't even know her beforehand and she took the prompting to reach out and uh, tell us her story. And her story was actually... Very, very unique.
1: I think she's got something super interesting to say. Yeah. I think that it's really going to help our industry. Maybe change a lot of people's perspective, which I would hope.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people think your only way to success is you take your two-day class, and then the next day you open your business, and that's what you do, right? That's how you go about it. You've arrived. You've arrived because you've got two days of training. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. If you've been following us for any time, you know that we've always advised us other ways of going about and natasha our guest today is one of those people who did that so welcome to the show natasha
2: thank you both i'm so happy to be here so happy to talk to you
0: yeah no i was really excited when i read your little pitch and just so other people know when you apply not apply but if you want to be on their show one of the things that's really cool i've seen more and more people doing is just write me hey here's the stuff i would love to talk about here's my ideas and that's what natasha did and she just said hey I've been an employee most of my lash life and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. And now I'm working for myself and I just want to share that journey. So, no one has ever reached out. Everyone's always talking about how much they've, you know, at age four, they were starting their own lash business and all this stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really want to hear from you yeah. because it's kind of like common knowledge. I mean, I was at a, one of the first conventions I ever went to and we were sitting at a round table with a group of like, you know, 12 other women. And just discussing lashes and success, and I was with a staff member, and one of the other gals that we were eating with kind of shamed her and said, well... You haven't really arrived until, you know, you'll make more money when you're on your own and you're 1099. And she felt really dismissed about that. But that's kind of what everyone was like. Yeah, yeah. You you haven't really made until you're on your own.
0: Yeah, no, it's totally true. And I think what, well, let's get into it, Natasha. Maybe you can tell us a little bit first about, you know, how you got into beauty, how you got the lashes. And we'll kind of let people know your background a little bit.
2: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And also to your point with pitching, you guys, I listen to you guys usually at the the end of my workday when I'm going for a run, but this morning I went before and I did. I mean, after listening to you, Paul, after you're listening to say over and over, reach out to us, reach out to us. Like you don't have to be this amazing, famous la la la. I was like, you know what? I've been in the industry since 2004. I may have some things that I could share with some people that might help them. Yes. And when I wrote to you, I was just like, what information can I give to other lashers or estheticians that would be helpful to them? And that's exactly how I wrote it to you. So yeah, you know, I don't have a huge following on Instagram. You wouldn't think I was like that cool or that, you know, like if you just looked it up, but. 17 years of experience I thought maybe I could offer you guys some things absolutely well (laughs) that's that's absolutely
1: your gem because I'm willing to chit chat with anybody who's especially been in you know since 2004 Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of miles you know proverbial miles yeah Yeah, I'd love to hear your take
2: yeah it's so interesting and also testimony shaming someone it's very interesting because that whole girl boss thing came out a few years ago, you know, which we love Sophia Emeroso, God bless her, because then we all realized if I dress up in millennial pink and start a business, I'm going to be like Sophia. And, and I love that because it did light an entrepreneurial fire in a, in a lot of people's spirits, but being a business owner, which I still don't feel like I'm a business owner, even though I fully am self-supportive in Los Angeles, California you don't have to be a business owner in order to be successful. You don't. And I've had my business now for it was two years in March. I'm looking at the the date on the computer. i've I've had my business for two years now, or i've I've worked on my own for two years now. but before that, the other fifteen years, I was working for someone else. I was clocking in because I was an esthetician. I was scraping the bits of hard wax off of the floor every night and then wiping it down with the oil wax remover and then removing that so that no one slipped in the next morning on the morning shift. Literally, that was part of my closing duties. You know, we had opening duties. We had closing duties. We clocked in, we clocked out, we took breaks and we learned booking systems and you learn how to answer the phone. You learn how to clean the bathroom. You learn what to do with those unruly quote, crazy clients that as finishing your two-day course or finishing your esthetician school, you just go out and rent a room. You don't know how to do any of that stuff. You don't know how to do customer service. You haven't watched anyone do it. You haven't listened to anyone do it. You've never had a manager teach you how to be in a business, in the spa industry. And I'm really grateful that I (laughs) hung on to my employee status for 15 years because I'm chilling now. I love my clients. I'm having a good time. They come over. It's like I'm hanging out with friends now. So I went through all of that and I learned so much. And I do wish that, gosh, I don't want to call them girls, ladies, women, lash artists. I do wish that they would get some years Under someone else's belt, and just let someone show them the ropes and tell them the stories to help them learn how to
1: be a business owner. Yeah, what you're talking about, all the things that you mentioned, like the routines, it's like systems. You were taught almost seamlessly. You just got put into as a cog in a wheel, but basically, you were shown what the wheel was look like and how to work, do your own thing within this wheel. And it's like training wheels, not only just the routine of it, but it's also the intangible things like dealing with the difficult people. It's like blocking even. When I say blocking, one of the things that you first have to figure out is where do you greet the client? What Where are you sitting down? How are you moving through? them? How are you directing them so that they move through? It's like all about blocking. It's, it's not that rocket way. not
0: science, but at the same time, it's nice to have someone who's done it and who's tried different ways and said, this way doesn't work as nicely. This works much better. And so you're not going to learn on your own dime and maybe irritate clients. You're going to basically take someone that's massive amount of experience that helps you walk through it. And where do most people go to get their training from? It's now Facebook groups, which I feel like there's so much bad information being shared. Everyone's
2: there. a professional.
0: Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> bitter too. It feels like everyone's like, ah, oh, I hate this client. You know, it's like yeah. you're just getting people riled up versus having someone like us or you who's worked in the industry for a while. You've been around the block a few times. They so don't get ruffled quite as much. And you also don't react the same way. And you can say with great experience, hey, let me give you a tip. Here's how we run it in our salon. It works really well.
2: And you know, I learned all that stuff. This is going to sound bad. I learned it on someone else's dollar. Mm -hmm. I basically got paid to learn how to do all of this stuff. That's how I took it. Even if I wasn't getting paid that much, I was still getting paid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So now I get paid to do great lashes. So that's how I see it now. All that time, I was just getting paid to learn. And you know, other estheticians who had been in there longer than me, they would give me these little amazing nuggets of information. Like one of my biggest professional tips, doesn't matter what you wear. There's some days when it's a 10 hour day and I've got no makeup on, but the thing is the biggest tip I learned with customer service is modeling whatever the client does, you do. If the client talks, you talk. If the client doesn't talk, you don't talk and never talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. Never. Oh
1: my gosh. That is like the best nugget ever. Yes. Never talk about yourself. They don't care. I mean, it's nice to think think they
2: care. And you know what? Actually, some of my clients do care. They really do want to know and they do get excited and I get excited, but we're there for them. This is their time. So even if they do want to talk about whatever's going on in my life, I try to reroute it to what's going on with you? Tell me how have you been? Like how are you feeling? Because they'll come in and they'll sit down and they'll be like what's up with you? How are you do- how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's your mom? And and I'll start to talk about it and I'm like wait a second. This is their time on the table. Either I know she's a tired mom and I sometimes I actually won't talk to them because I know they need to sleep. So I give them like really short. I'm like, yes, no, I know what they need a little bit more than they do. But most of the time, the the biggest thing that I learned was modeling, mm-hmm. do what they do.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. That and is great. That's oh the stuff God. you get when you work in a business and all that. Did you ever feel like you were waiting too long or did you ever get, you know, pushback from other lash artists or, estheticians going hey um, come on you could work for yourself or i well, mean people I guess-
1: ask you i mean your clients ask you i'm sure like why don't you do your own thing right could you talk about that well a lot of my girlfriends because
2: a lot of my best friends are in the industry and some of my best friends are lash artists here in Los Angeles and they were always like why don't we start a business together why don't we rent a room together why don't we do it i was too afraid that's what took me so long i didn't have the confidence or the self esteem to think that i would ever be good enough to run my own business successfully. That's what took me so long. I didn't think I was good enough. And so kudos to these girls who are 18 years old, who are like, I got this. (laughs) That's amazing. I couldn't do that until I was 39. So no one was like, you need to be doing this on your own. No one ever did that except for one person. She is actually my mentor. It's funny because she's younger than me. She's one of my best friends, and that usually doesn't happen with an actual professional mentorship. She owns a company based out of Los Angeles called Kitsch, and it, they sell like hair accessories and face masks and all that. But Cassandra actually was priming me for six months, telling me all the time, You need to start your own business. You need to start your own business. And I just didn't think I was good enough. And she was like, You're going to start your own business and you're going to make your own glue. So she really did help me like believe in myself that I could do it. And then once I did it, I realized how much I was holding myself back, how ready I was and how I probably could have done it a few years sooner. But really, again, that whole self-esteem, self-worth issue, that really held me back. And if someone doesn't have those... Issues, whatever you want to call it, then they can start their business a lot sooner. But for me, that's why it really took so long.
1: Let's talk about some of the benefits of waiting a little bit longer, like you did. For you, it was kind of inadvertent because you didn't have that confidence component. But you said something in the very beginning. You said it was like once you did, now it's super easy. It's like chilling. It's like you know how to do the stuff. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) My clients are easy. My clients are a dream, which we put in the work, right? To get to those dream clients. You've got to kiss a lot of toads in that salon before you get those dream clients. (laughs) That's right. But I went from having one boss to a hundred bosses.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation and it's 10 PM. If a client reaches out. And I know that's a boundary thing. And I've listened to you guys talk about that as well. And I can hear, I can hear your response already. <laughs> you need to have boundaries. You need to not be texting your clients. I hear it, but I know my clients so personally, there are certain times when I won't respond to that 10 PM Saturday or Sunday night text, but yeah. first thing in the morning, you bet it doesn't matter if I'm out of town, if I'm on vacation, I'm getting that client booked.
0: By the way, I'll give a little caveat. Cause I, I agree that you write with your assumption, what I would say, but there is one thing that I would put a qualifier before that. And that is you're only two years into your own business. And that's, in my opinion, not a long time. I know for a lot of people, like mm-hmm. that's a lifetime. I've been last artist for two years and like, or run my own business for two years. And I think in the early years of your business, it's not a bad idea actually to have that. Tuss is at a point now where if someone texts me Friday night, I'm like, I sometimes will respond over the weekend. Sometimes I won't. It's not urgent because I know that Tesla is so well established at this point in the industry and in Pasadena and Los Angeles. So it's like if a client passes, it's like it's not going to be the end of the world. But for someone who's still, and I feel like you're still kind of early stages, you know, you're still building that traction. You're just building all that trust. So it's I, a good it, muscle to have. It's not bad. And I, and I do yeah. see people out there preaching don't answer the phone past six. Don't work past four or whatever. They come up with these artificial laws that they've decided are important, which is fine. You can have that for yourself. But then to say that everyone has to have these same boundaries, especially when you're newer and you're just building a business is not good. I mean, Tessa, I mean, she worked her first couple of years, two, three years. There was years, no boundary. There were no boundaries. She worked there was 7 a.m. no boundary. She'd go in at 11 o'clock at night. She went in whenever clients wanted to come in because we just yep. wanted to build a huge base. And then she pulled back.
2: Absolutely. To that point, now I'm almost back at the beginning again of putting in work, putting in those hours. It's almost like I've started a whole new career because I have started my own business. So yeah, it's time to do a different level of not having boundaries.
0: Yeah. And plus (laughs) COVID, by the way, kind of wrecked everything for a year and a half. Most people have been a little slower than normal. So if not completely like in California, I don't know if you kept working, but I know for a lot of people in California... We were shut down for at least six months in the last year. So I know with that comes a, you know, a lot of clients like for testing, I think about two thirds of return, about a third of them still don't want to get lashes or they've decided to give it a break since they haven't had lashes for a year. And they're like, nah, I think I'm just going to keep going with this. Probably we'll hear from them around the holidays. I'm guessing when everyone wants to look beautiful again. But yeah, I totally can see that it's one of those things where you, you got to hustle. When you're beginning, just got to hustle and, and it cannot be just a few weeks. It may be a couple of years before you find yourself kind of flatlining, having that stability.
2: But you know what? I've been lashing for eight of those 17 years. I love what I do. I love it. I still love problem solving. I still love figuring it out. I still love making sure that it's like, you know, half a millimeter to a millimeter away from the skin. I love seeing other people's work. I love it. I love outside fills. You know, there's all these girls on the Facebook pages who are like, I don't take outside fills. I'm like, bring it. I want to see it. I want to know what they did. I want to take pictures. I want to show you. I want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Because you're learning. That's where you become a master by learning to be able to handle anything that walks through the room. I'm not saying that once you get to a point where you're like, I know what I want to work with, but I love that approach of like bring it. Let me see what, that's what's how, going on. That's how on. you
0: learn. That's how you become a better lash artist. When you people come in with hot messes or amazing work, because you may learn. I'm sure you guys learn by looking at someone's work and go, "Wow, that's really good." I wonder oh, how yeah. They did yeah, I'll be like, "Where
2: is this person? What's her name?" I'll connect with her on Instagram and be yeah. like, "Nice work, by the way. I love seeing the good, bad, ugly. I love it all. Especially, listen. This is the other thing. Working by yourself is." really hard when you're a lash artist. And we were talking about this. I worked in a big box lash salon. I don't know if we're naming names, but like I worked for Blink Bar for a couple Mm -hmm. of years and, and that was like five or six years ago. That was a huge lash salon. And that's where I learned the most about lashing. I had already been lashing for a few years. I came in there and thank God I did because the front desk girl was like so kind. And she was like, Hey, Some of your clients are having a little bit of fallout issues. If you want to talk to the other lash techs or maybe watch them do some application. And those girls back then were so nice that I would ask them questions. And they, they taught me the wrap method and they taught me about like placement and they taught me about isolation and they taught me about glue times like glue, you know, that 0.5, that half of a second. That's crazy. That's too fast. I learned so much from these other lash techs that I would never have learned if I just jumped right into my own room and was in there all by myself.
0: Yeah. So I'm really
2: grateful for that.
0: And I think that's the best thing that we could see in our industry shift towards is where we actually have people get trained, do their two day training, preferably even more if they can and then go work somewhere, be mentored, be shepherd by someone else who's been in the trenches, who knows all this stuff And find a place that's generous. Obviously, I'm sure there's places where everyone's catty and no one wants to share anything. And then I would just quit and move on to another salon. Well, the biggest thing
1: in that is Mm -hmm. humility. It's like, Natasha, it sounds like you had humility to be like, oh, sometimes my work's not lasting. What can I do to do better? If you are defensive about that, if you're so thin-skinned about your work and you can't be honest about it, it's going to be difficult for you because yeah. you're going to come up with excuses for why it's not your issue.
0: Yeah. When we tested people or did a little trial in our salon, we, one of the biggest thing that was a big no for us is when, when someone came in the room and they would do a model for Tusney and then Tusney would start poking at it like, okay, what about this? You could do this better. I think, well, here, let me share something about this and about Two-thirds of the people that we would interview, you'd see the hair in the back of their neck stand up, and they were irritated. They did not want to be told that their work wasn't good. They just wanted to be told, you're amazing. Everything's perfect. And those people were a big no. That's when the interview ended. We were done. We're not going to go on forward with you because you're not teachable. You're not humble. You have no desire to really learn. You kind of think you made it already. With your 16 months of lashing. And so, sounds like for you, you found a lot of benefit from learning from those around you.
2: Oh, absolutely. I had been lashing for a couple of years by the time I interviewed at Blink Bar. And I remember my interview. I remember the trainer going through, filing through the lashes and being like, there's, you could have lashed three here, you could have put more here, da 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 da. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I mean, absolutely, I, I learned so much in my interview.
1: So there's a ton of value in working for somebody else. One of the things, it's like you said, that you learn the most about is being with other people, being sharpened, even during the interview. And what happens is when you don't have that experience, you take your class and you you just open up on your own. You have to come up with your own reasons for why things aren't working and they may be the right answer or they may not. And sometimes when it's not the right answer, you build a, a body of experience on the wrong premise. And it becomes you being in an echo chamber. And I meet some of these gals when I go to conventions or they've been lashing for, you know,
0: five, five years,
1: years yeah. never worked for somebody else. And when you ask them about something, they have a completely the wrong conclusion. That's just completely wrong, but they're, mm-hmm. Also, at a point in their their career where they're like, "I know this well, because been I've been in business years, right? for yeah. five years, yeah. you know
0: yeah, the lo- it's a long list of stuff, but basically, the idea is that once you've worked for yourself for five years, you've built up kind of a routine and a way of doing things and you're isolated from the world, so you may have built mm-hmm. your house on the wrong foundation, and now it's going to be really hard to change, and it sounds like for you, you had a lot of learning and benefits that you got from others, so you could learn, pick and choose. So when you finally launched, you were just like all set. Like you were like, "I." there's not a lot of questions, right? You kind of have the machine already figured out.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't have it figured out, but I just watched so much. I watched like how they spoke to the clients when they answered the phone, you know, how they marketed, how they took pictures, how, you know, I, it was like, I took 15 years of notes of what I like and what I don't like.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a gal, a lash artist over in England that I've met through Instagram and she's like, the nicest person on earth. Such a sweet girl. She has like 5,000 followers, gorgeous, really fun, really nice. No clients whatsoever. No clients. She has no idea what to do. She's just started out. She has no idea how to build clientele. She has no idea what she's doing wrong. She's a brand new lash artist. And so I'm over here with my 800 followers on Instagram. She literally has 5,000 But you know what? We DM each other and I'm like, sign up on Google. Make sure you're searchable. Ask the other people in the salon to repost your stories. And that's all stuff that I learned from working for someone else. Yeah. From being with other companies who opened businesses, like... Are we signed up on Yelp? Are we signed up on Google? Are we, are we doing keywords? Are we, do we have a website? Is our address up there? Are we findable? Are we searchable? So that's another case of one of those girls who just took a lash class and opened up a room in a salon and no one's coming in.
0: Yeah, it's tough.
1: Some of the feedback that we got from, you know, after we closed the salon, everyone kind of dispersed. And some of the gals that we're still on good terms with were talking to each other and they shared with each other they said, Paul and Tess made it look easy. There was always clients there, yeah. you know, and yep. you, it was something yeah. that they just took for granted that they didn't ever have to figure that out until they went on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it sounds mm-hmm. like you just got that from being there for so long.
2: And to your point of, you know, having someone who has worked for themselves for five years, thinking that they're doing something correctly and you can talk to them and know in one second, like they still don't know. Uh, you, you, you guys have interviewed people on your podcast and I've actually reached out to Paul and been like, who was that? Because, and, and, you know, it'll be a girl half my age who's teaching someone how to lash better. I've been lashing for eight years. Tessie, I want to come and like lash in front of you. And I want to do that, have like another two day course refresher on how I can get even better. Oh, so the, Hmm. I think that there's like continuing education that even if you've been lashing for years and years, there's someone who is going to know one little thing that'll just make your business so much better. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I love about listening to this particular podcast is that you um you know you talk about that um the glands on the waterline and how every time they connect they deposit like that that fluid that keeps the eye lubricated and and if the client's having issues you put a little bit of a certain drop in and the popsicle stick glue method yes. and I need to go to Pasadena.
3: It's just <laughs> oh, down the street. I
2: need yeah. to go up there You're and bring young. a couple yeah. ladies and just have you look at it and go, okay, here's how you can just fine tune this. That is so valuable to me. And that's something that I would pay for as an esthetician who's been in the business for 17 years.
1: You know, that is one of the biggest compliments. It's so refreshing to have somebody that is so willing to learn, who's not so full of themselves to think that there's nothing else that you can teach you. because I'm a master. It's like we all have ways that we can continue to improve. And Natasha Dalin, yeah. you are amazing <laughs> to have that humility. Thank you. To seek that out because it's it's a it is a reflection of your desire to continue to do better. It's
0: why you're gonna actually do well yeah. as you grow your business and all that. Because humility I think is for me at least, I think the most valuable resource or you know, asset someone can have because It means you're always going to learn. You're always going to improve. You're always going to take correction from clients. Well, which is only Mm going to make you more accessible or more likable by clients. And if you ever have a team. They're going to like you more because they know they can approach you and bring up ideas, and you're not going to poo poo them and tell them you're all idiots. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say it's mm-hmm. my way or the highway. You're going to be willing to learn and grow. I and mean, there's downsides to it too, because people also sometimes say you're a walking mat. But that said, mm-hmm. being humble is, I think, one of the most attractive qualities I see in people. So uh, it's good for you. And I think that's something as last artists we all can work on and practice because it's easy to want to get to that point where you can coast and just float and not have to work or really learn. And the problem is you sit there and you coast and then the last robot shows up and someone's going to replace you. So it's like
2: literally the last robot. I yes. listened to that episode, by the way, yeah. that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you,
0: you got to stand up your game because if you don't, someone else is going to take it from you. And the only mm-hmm. thing that's going to keep you that way is that humility and willing to, to try. I mean, if Tusney, you know, when volume lashing came on, you know, if that you know, in pre-mades and all that stuff, if she was like, nope, I am classic only. I will never do it. And I know. Don't even talk were, to me about it. Because yeah. There are people on yeah. the
1: internet that were like, no,
0: no. Yeah. And, no. and, and Tusney took a couple of trainings from some people to learn volume. And then she kind of took it, the information she got and she made her own way using pre-mades and, there's now she's moved on and now she's really loves doing a, a kind of a mix of pre-mades and classic, mostly mm-hmm, pre mates mm-hmm. that would not have happened if she was a know-it-all and had it all figured out. So, okay.
1: but to mm-hmm. your point, Natasha, I would love to be able to teach,
0: but we're gonna have a whole local training, hopefully here in the next few months. We're, we're, we're trying to work some details out. The reason why, why? So, yeah. are, you, are
1: you teaching it? Yeah.
0: She, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teach it. yeah.
1: yeah. And <laughs> somebody who has been doing lashes for as long as you is my ideal student because yeah. You already have the muscle. Uh, you already have the eye. It's small tweaks. It's yeah. only mm-hmm. small tweaks that you need to make. Yeah, we don't teach to, to beginners make a anymore. Huge difference. You're right. You know, so it's very rewarding. I can feel that I could
2: get better. Like I, I know. I, you know, you just know yourself after a while, and I know that there's room for growth. There's just room for me to get better as a lash artist. I think that that's going to be huge especially with all these lash artists that are just coming out like crazy. I think that's going to be a huge market in a few years, like up-leveling those lash artists to where they can just get even tighter with their application, with their service, with their customer service. With You can't just hang up some eyelash pictures and put a pink blanket down.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a little more than that. Uh, and yeah. we will have just a little ad for Tusk. We're, we're hoping to have at least three classes in the second half this year. So that information will be out soon. So if, if you're watching that. or listening right now, just stand by. We will hopefully have that information. I'm talking to a few salon owners around the country and trying to iron out the dates and the times. And we also have some family scheduling issues that we're trying to work out. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll know soon. That said, what for you was probably one of the biggest surprises when you started working for yourself versus working in a salon?
2: biggest surprise working for myself versus working in a salon. Oh, okay. I didn't love my job until I started working for myself. Oh, wow. Get out! What do you mean? Swear. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. I did not, I did not love lashing until I started working for myself. So before I went to esthetician school, I got my degree in journalism. So I have a bachelor's degree. I went to college, you know, I was like, I'm really smart, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you go to esthetician school or hair school, especially in the 90s, 2000s, and a lot of them were just like, I don't know what I want to do, so I'm just going to go to hair school. And you're like, I'm an intelligent person. I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm the smartest one in the room.
3: (laughs)
1: It's such a different, you know, and I tell people this that have maybe later in their careers decide to go to beauty school. I'm like, it's completely different than college. It's a completely different. You you got to look. I mean, mean, you will be the smartest one in the room for sure. But just know that everybody around you is going to be like,
3: oh,
0: Oh, where's the the warned me When we taught back a couple of years ago, we've taught a couple of times at this one school and Tuss said just just because uh, I, I went to university like you, I, I graduate, I have a degree and all that. And I'm used to the kind of academic stresses and the way the setups are and the respect and the way things go. Mm-hmm. But man, it's so loosey-goosey when we walk into that room. People are walking in, leaving walking when they
1: want. walking in and out, you know, Drink, eating. Everyone has yes, drinks, food, you know.
0: pulling out their stuff out and doing their nails while, you know, you're just like.
2: Like doing their toes, <laughs> you know. You're- oh, listen, one of my girlfriends that I went to college with went to hair school. We both went to college and then we went. she went to hair school. I went to esthetician school. It was so long ago that you could smoke.
0: Oh my God. Hair school. <laughs> you could
2: smoke cigarettes. <laughs> While you were in hair school, awesome! <laughs> oh my gosh, that is yeah. so funny. Yes, yes, ex- oh, it is so pretty. Yes, I have this image
0: of like Flo with this big beehive yes. yes. with a cigarette just out her mouth, a to right? yeah. yeah,
2: rolling yeah. a perm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, oh my goodness. amazing, so pretty. Oh,
3: okay,
2: so after I went to esthetician school, I was an esthetician, you know, waxing facials, all that stuff. And I was, first of all, this is weird. I don't really tell the story very much. I was embarrassed of my job. I felt like it wasn't a real job, especially back then. You know, everyone had corporate jobs, 401ks, retirement, weekends off, salaries, blah, blah, blah. And I was like doing a Brazilian. I
3: know. <laughs> I know and like, you know,
2: all my friends' parents were like, that's not a real job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank God I stuck in there. Thank God, because now I have weekends off and a 401k, by the way. Hey. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so, thank proud of you. you. Yeah. But all that time, I didn't like my job. I didn't feel proud. I felt like it wasn't a career. And it wasn't until I started working for myself and literally took ownership for how I work, how I show up, how I treat my clients. What I do, like how far am I willing to go if there is an issue? And that is as far as doing the work for free or giving the money back. That's what I will Mm -hmm. do for my clients. I don't recommend that for everyone. Um, But again, my clients, they've been with me so long that if I'm not charging someone, I know that they're not taking advantage of me. You know what I mean? Can I just interrupt you? And I said, I Mm -hmm. actually
1: do recommend that. That attitude that you have, you say you'll either give them their money back or you'll do it for them make it right for them for free, it really means that you're on the hook for it. And it means that you're going to go to any length to make sure that it's right, that you're going to find any solution, which means that you're going to learn the most from it. And it also demonstrates your care for the situations. I have the highest Mm -hmm. respect for a professional who has that standard. Um, So you're in my club, girl.
0: Thank you. That's a thing that we did starting around 2015, I think, or 16, where we guaranteed our work saying, if you're not happy with the... Well, it started this way. First start is, if you're not happy with your lashes, we'll give you a refund. And then <laughs> we had one or two people come in and get lashes. And it was like Nordstrom, right? They just called yeah. the next day. As, soon as they got their lashes after they went to their special event, right? I'm not happy. I want my lashes removed and I want a, you know, a refund. And that happened. I think we had two people... And some of the staff said, you know what? I think I have a better, we reworded a little bit and we changed it to, if you're not happy with our work, we'll we'll refund your money if we can't fix it. So now what we do is someone would call and say, I'm not happy with my life. No worries. Come on in. We'll take a look and we'll fix it for you. And if we can't, we'll refund you. And then Mm -hmm. I think we only have had one refund in like the next five years with mm-hmm. that policy even now we still have that policy with even with is solo and we, we've never had a refund with that mm-hmm. but it's such a statement of confidence about your work and it also communicates that you really care for your client and that you're not just trying to dupe them or get them in and out mm-hmm. that you're going to do great work and I think it's a great way to stand out in your community cuz most lash artists are super scared to do this in fact our staff when I first did it we were like oh no everyone's going to ask for free work and I'm like no 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 most people aren't aren't crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Most people are not. I mean, that's an energy thing. How you do anything is how you do everything. And if you're just going through life, scamming people, then you're going to have a scammy life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how can we not make it right? Like I've had services right where, where it wasn't right. And if they didn't fix it or if they didn't, I mean, if they didn't fix it or if they charged me to fix it, mm-hmm. I
1: never
0: went back there exactly. again. Never,
1: never. Game over. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think for those of you out there listening, you could really add a lot of value to your company and speak volumes about your confidence. Now, if you're new, I admit, maybe when you're new, you just promise that you'll fix it. Just say, I'll fix your work
2: how can i what how can i make this right when is the next available time for you what is convenient for you doing that what time is convenient for you i know you're a busy woman when can you get in here mm-hmm. yeah and when i do have a new client at the end i let them know no question is off limits nothing is crazy i will not get offended i want to know if there's anything that you didn't understand forgot or don't like please call me text me email me if there's anything because i'm only going to do better at my job if i you know absolutely that.
0: Yeah. They
2: leave and you don't see them for two weeks. We can't follow them around and be like, I mean, how are they this morning? Good morning. Hi,
0: welcome. I
2: I slept on the floor last night just to make sure that they were. We can't do that. So please tell me you're the eyes and ears of my business. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, you have one other unique uh, aspect about your business. One of the things that you offer are travel services. I think that's something that would intrigue our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Yes. So it
2: started out, I had a client here in LA. I would go to her house and do her lashes there, which is great and fun. And I love getting out. I like breaking up the monotony. So I like going and doing it like that. But then they moved to Atlanta and she was like, can you come here and do my eyelashes? And I was just like, absolutely flattered that she loves my work so much. And then, you know, it was, can you come to New York? And Can you come to Memphis? And you can't, you you know, so I will go wherever she wants me to go. And she's an amazing client and I fly all over the place to do lashes. Yeah. And then I've had another client who she actually, it's so funny. She has a second home up in uh, Carmel. So I was going to hop on a private jet and fly up there to go
1: do her lashes. That's fantastic. Can you break it down for us? Like, how does this work? Like, do you bring your own setup? Do you, um how much time do you allot for it? Like the travel part? Yeah. I guess, yeah G- okay. Okay. Sure G- the give us the, yeah. the
2: nitty gritty. Okay. I'll give you all of the details. So as far as the setup goes, that's a great question because like all these lash techs are probably like, what are you doing with the table?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So. Here's the deal with a client like that. They have a little more discretionary income. Mm-hmm. So what I do first with a particular client like that, say I get a brand new person who's like, yeah, I want you to fly out. Do you have a massage table? If they have, they have had, they have to have a massage table. If they don't have one, I'll send them a link to buy one. Mm. Easy mm-hmm. oh, Okay. I have certain lights that I like to use that are also super easy. I'll send them links for that. They usually have an assistant. I'll send that assistant the links for the table, the chair. I have a specific chair and the lamps, easy. Mm-hmm. And then they'll usually have dressings, like sheets, all that kind of stuff. So I get there, the massage table is there, the lights are there, the stool is there, and then they usually have like a little end table. Mm. The rest is easy. If it was a first-time client that I'd never seen, and I'm flying to them, I do have to bring a bit more gear. Yeah. This client that I see regularly, we know her lashes, we know what she wants to use. She has a specific little, like I have like a smaller kit because I know what she likes and it's like a, it's a condensed version of a mobile lash kit. So for her, I know what to bring. If it was a newer client, I would have to bring a bigger, you know, those like boxes that have like the trays of lashes. Yeah. So I'd have to bring like an expanded kit for that particular client. But yeah, I've got my tweezer holder. I've got my glue.
1: I've got everything packed down, really condensed. Can I just say, like, I've done a couple house calls for certain people, but it's like, I bring all the gear. And it's like, you're so smart to be like, just have it set up. It's like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. That's fantastic. Kudos to you. Yeah. Listen, certain people, especially in Los Angeles,
2: they've got that kind of wealth Mm -hmm. to where they have, Two massage beds are like, which one do you want? I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of, or ecstatic. they have their own
0: salon in their house. Yeah. I mean, there's some people out there. My, who know- my
2: client has a spa and a salon in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. In house,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, very it's so easy, but also there was a time when I was doing her lashes in New York city. And for this, this is a really interesting situation because what I have to do is the, or what I get to do. I love this. I love troubleshooting in my job. Love it. When a client books and they're staying at a hotel, what you have to do, again, I'm usually working with an assistant. The assistant has to tell me the name of the hotel, obviously. And then it's my job to call the hotel and make sure that I can either uh, secure a massage table for that day at that time. And then also you need to call back a few days before and confirm, call back and confirm. And then if that particular hotel does not have a massage table, you have to find a company that rents out massage tables by the day and those exist. Mm -hmm. So that is a company that exists in most major cities. You can rent a massage table for the day, have it delivered. It's a little pricey. Your client pays for it. So those are all things that I've learned from being thrown into cities that I've never, you know, like it's not where my client lives, so I need to get a massage table, um and then I need to find a room with good lighting because we don't have my lights because we're in a hotel room.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: you know, it's moving lights around in the hotel room. It's working with concierge. It's making sure there's a table, and then I've got my kit.
0: That's and
2: great. it's yeah, it's always fun. It's always interesting.
0: What kind of uh just so people get an idea of what you charge? Because I'm sure they're like can't okay, be doing like five hundred. Has, has to be. has to be pricey because it can't be enough. So what do you, I know it's more of a range, but what do you generally charge? Okay, so
2: so if I'm going to fly to a client and it's domestic, so it's in the continental United States, not Hawaii. Mm. um, Continental United States, I fly there on day one. I lash on day two and fly back out. Mm -hmm. So they're getting two full days of my time. They pay for my hotel, my airfare, my transportation, my food, and my services. Mm-hmm. So anything that needs to be bought because I'm not at home,
1: if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you bill okay. for that? Is it like invoice or do you? is it just like a flat charge? It's not a
2: flat charge. That's a great question because, and if someone's going to think about getting into this, you have to think about, peak season, off season, things are more expensive at certain times. Hotels are more expensive at certain times. Flights are more expensive at certain times. Ubers and lifts and car service are more expensive at certain times. Mm -hmm. So a Sunday night Uber is going to cost more than a Thursday morning Uber. Mm -hmm. So I do invoice, I do receipts, I do all of that. And it costs anywhere typically from three to $6,000.
0: That's smart. And I think that way you make sure your costs are taken care of. So, and I also, I think that your clients would appreciate seeing the line items. So they know exactly what they're paying for Absolutely. versus this blanket amount. That makes total sense. So how
1: do you work it? Do you, okay. So if you have to fly somewhere and the ticket, mm-hmm. the airline ticket is, let's say $800. Do you require a deposit so that you can purchase the ticket with their funds? Or do you just go ahead and front it on your, your end? and then get reimbursed later? How does that work?
2: If it's a new client, I am going to require a payment up front because that's such a huge yeah. amount of money. You do want
0: late cancel while you've flown out to New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. And that's so much of your time. So yeah. But with this client that I've had for several years, I obviously trust them. Yeah. So you already have yeah. an established
1: relationship. Yeah. yeah. So in yeah. the beginning, yeah. you would say I'd need to have this a deposit. Uh, deposit in order to confirm the appointment.
2: In the beginning, they're going to have to pay for the things that I would be out.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
2: the hotel, the airfare, and that would be it, right? Because I haven't gotten on in a, in a car or, and I haven't paid for a meal yet. Yeah. So they would have to pay for the things that I would be out. Of. Mm-hmm. So flight and hotel, basically.
0: And one of the things I noticed that's really unique about you, and this is what our listeners could try doing is it's this information is actually on your website. You have yeah. travel services as part of your menu. And I really want people to really realize that I know some of you are going, well, that, that I don't, have clients like this they won't do it you may not currently have clients and you might be surprised by what you might you might have one or two or like very wealthy that fly and didn't don't know that you did this so how did you find out was this something you just started telling everyone and offering like hey by the way if you ever need me to come to you i have those abilities too
2: that first client it was her idea Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and i was like oh This is a thing. Okay, yeah. You know, you (laughs) just say yes. Just say yes. Yes. Exactly. Say yes. Just say yes (laughs) to stuff. If you love your job, just say yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And then from that, you put on the website. Now, do you let clients know when they first start with you? Oh, by the way, I also have other services where I come to you. And it's just part of your pitch or your, I guess, when you're first consulting people?
2: Yes. Actually, yes. If they're they're reaching out to me, usually almost all my clients now are word of mouth. Mm -hmm. They know they can either come to me or I can go to them. Yeah, and it's just whatever is convenient for them. So I'll let them know either in conversation or in text how, again, however they want to communicate with me is how I communicate with them. If they're texting me, I text them. If they call me, I call them. It's that And let them know. Yeah, yeah, Mary, yeah. yeah, yeah, marring. Marring. yeah. <laughs> and let them know, this is everything that I do. These are all of your options. This is every way that you can book, you can pay. This is like when I'm available. Yeah, give them all of the information.
0: Great, and I think for yeah. a lot of you out there who are listening right now, this is something you should add today. Like right now, go on to your website, and add a section that you do travel services, yep. obviously prices are negotiable. So you don't have to put a set price because you don't know if, if yeah. you're traveling to New York and on new year's, it's going to be different than traveling to Oklahoma city on September 15th when no one Absolutely. wants to go there. So, uh, the
2: and next- let me tell you something else about that. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. this is a really important point and it's going to sound weird, but it's just something to think about. If you've got that client, Who's paying you $6,000 to go there overnight? Don't order the steak and lobster and a bottle of wine. (laughs) Don't do that. Very tacky.
0: Yeah. I'll tell
2: you when I go and see this client that I go and see, I get the same breakfast every morning. I get the same dinner every night. I'm not getting dessert. I'm not overdoing it because Mm. I'm grateful to even have that job and that client. So, this isn't about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. No, no. This is not about, your vacation. Yeah. You're there to work. Get the chicken. <laughs> Drink the water. Yeah, I think
0: yeah. that's great because a lot of times people think you know it's on their dime. So hey, I'll live it up. I'll fly first mm-hmm. class. I will. You won't
1: be asked back you, again. Yeah, yeah, you won't.
0: You you don't, no. they, they'll notice those things. Even rich people still care about budgets and costs. Yeah. And if they see someone taking advantage of their it's sense just a of goodwill, poor reflection
1: yeah. of yeah. character,
0: too. Yeah, you're staying there. And they
2: care about yeah. not being manipulated, you know?
0: Because most they rich do, people so. get hit up by people and other people feel like they're owed by them. Like, well, you're so rich, you can afford this. It's like, they don't owe you your money. They, that's their Mm -hmm. money. If they choose to spend it and give it to you, great, but it's not Mm -hmm. an obligation they have to give it to you. So don't take advantage of that goodwill. That's great. Well, we can keep going on, but we should probably wrap this up. So Natasha, thank you so much for sharing really about two things I'm excited about. And that is why people should be working salons first. I think there's so much good that comes from that. And secondly, hopefully everyone after this is going to change their menus and start offering travel services and hey you no, know, maybe lash artists will be flying all over the United States and the world now because yeah. of you. So that' be- you know and if anyone <laughs> has
2: any questions about that like how to pack your bag or getting TSA or global entry, which has been huge for me
3: mm-hmm.
2: by the way, they're welcome to DM me on Instagram at Natasha Darling lashes. Or email me, however, they want to get a hold of me. You can ask me any question. I love helping other people in our industry and just again it's fun for me so if anyone has any questions they want a video of how to pack the bag whatever you want awesome. ask me natasha darling lashes That's well really we sweet. might
1: just have to have you on again so we can do a deeper dive into this because i have some really or, or, or do yeah. a video and yes. that or something that sounds i
0: great. would love that
2: yeah. i anything that has to do with this industry it's so fun for me so anything you guys want you just let me know
0: okay it's been a
1: pleasure natasha thank, thank you thank so you. much Natasha. thank you so much
2: y'all have a good day you too
0: guys that's a wrap we are done thank you so much for hanging out with us today i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lash Cast podcast and at the lash conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my lash star tustany as well as our special guest natasha darling i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you have a friend in the lash industry